0: Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hello, everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls We're Back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. We are waiting for our Lord Jesus to come back for us because he promised in the book of John, in chapter 14 where he says you believe in God believe in me also in my father's house there are many mansions if it was not so I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am you may be also so That promise, I am hanging the biggest hat I have on, and I'm quite sure you, too, are hanging your hats on that very promise. Amen? Amen. Okay, so the Lord Jesus Christ still has me in the book of Romans dealing with the body of sin, dealing with the war that's going on within our spirit man why because we have made the absolutely right choice in accepting God's free offer of salvation through his son the Lord Jesus Christ so now going forward we are walking by the spirit but guess what y'all that flesh man oh he can't stand the fact that we are now under new management the Holy Spirit has moved in so now of course he is highly upset and so there is a constant war that's going on. But the good news is that Jesus conquered the power of sin in our lives. When he died on the cross, when he stepped out of deity, when he laid down his Godhead, God the Father sent our Lord to this world to save it, not to condemn it. And he gave up his life on the behalf of those who he created. He chose to lay down his life and die on the cross for the sins of the world. And by doing so, he made atonement for sins so that we are now reconciled back to the Father. And when he died and was buried and he rose on the third day, glory be to God. He dealt with the power of sin. He dealt with the the penalty that comes from breaking the law, which is death. And when his blood was shed, we can now have remissions of our sins. Glory be to God. So we said yes to the salvation plan of Jesus. And we said yes. Thank you, Father, for eternal life. And so because of that, this flesh is highly upset. But he ain't got a choice. Amen. Amen. So I wanted to do a study today on Romans 6. 6. The King James Version says this, knowing this, now this is Paul because, you know, Paul was letting us know about this war that's going on and and how wretched he feels when he wants to do the right thing, but this flesh has him doing the wrong thing. And so it has been identified that it's not him because, you know, the spirit is willing, but that flesh is so weak. And so he identified what the problem is, is sin, right? So in verse six of Romans six, he says, knowing this, that our own man is crucified with him, the Lord Jesus Christ, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Okay. So the chapter summary of Romans six, Paul answers the question of whether Christians should continue to sin. His answer is emphatic. We absolutely should not. I say absolutely not sin. Uh-uh. You are no longer in charge of this body, right? So first, when we came to God by faith in Jesus, we died to sin. That's a fact. Amen. We are not slaves to it anymore. Absolutely not. Second, what did living for sin ever get us? Nothing. It led to shame and death. The righteousness given to us for free by God and Christ Jesus leads to becoming like Jesus and to eternal life. Amen. We should serve righteousness instead of sin. Okay. So now. We have the context uh, summary of Romans 6, verses 1 through 14, which explores how Christians should think about and respond to sin. Now that we are in Christ and our sins are forgiven, in explaining this, Paul reveals new information about what happened when we put our faith in Christ in a spiritual sense. We died with him. Amen and to our sin, so we were then resurrected to a new spiritual life, now Paul instructs us to continue remembering that we are no longer slaves to sin, amen, so irregardless of what this flesh constantly wants to flare up about, no, we have died to sin, and we are no longer slaves to it, we must not offer our bodies to be used for sin, but we must offer ourselves as instruments of righteousness instead. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to be reading from my notes here because I did not want to miss anything and I wanted to make sure that this topic is uh taught with clarity. Amen. Amen. Okay. So Holy Spirit, let's get started. So Paul begins this chapter of Romans 6 by asking if believers in Jesus, those who have been saved through their faith, should go on sinning to somehow increase God's grace. He said, no, absolutely not. But then he backed up to explain some things about what happened to us when we trusted in Christ for our salvation from sin. For one thing, we died with Christ in a spiritual sense, and then we were resurrected spiritually to new life. Amen. We are not the same spiritually dead people we were before, and we can see that in Ephesians two five. Now, Paul adds a new layer of understanding to what exactly happened to us when we died spiritually with Christ. He writes that we also experienced a crucifixion oh yes we did our old self the one that existed in sin and self-reliance before we were in christ was spiritually crucified in the same way that christ was physically crucified on the cross in response to our faith god mysteriously powerfully put to death our old self that was under the rule and power of sin. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So, when the old self was crucified, the body of sin was brought to nothing or done away with. Paul pictures sin as having a body, as an entity that controlled us before we were in Christ. Now that sin's body has been removed, in the spiritual crucifixion of our old self, Sin is not in charge of us any longer. Amen. We were slaves to sin, and we have now been freed from its power and authority in our lives. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Does uh, excuse me. Does that mean we don't want to do sinful things anymore? Because let me tell you, this flesh of uh, this flesh, if it sees anything that it likes. If it looks good or smells good, oh, he starts screaming, I want that. But no, flesh, calm down. We ain't having that. Obviously, it is not the will of God because if the flesh is asking for it, oh, you can most assuredly know that it is not of God, right? Okay, so now, Paul was showed that the want, okay, the want to sin, oh, yeah, that remains, right? But we can never be compelled to sin again why because Christ has rescued us from that slave owner now we can only volunteer to sin right because sometimes you know that flesh you know it can be so demanding and sometimes we'll slip up right So, now we can only volunteer to sin. This is consistent with other New Testament passages, which describe a saved person's life as imperfect. And we can see this in 1 John 1, verses 9 through 10. And let me just add a little side note here. I've been noticing sometimes in my videos when I quote this scripture, I mistakenly say 1 John 1, 19. Where did I get this 19 uh, from? It is always and have always been First John 1 9. So, I'm just letting my viewers know that if you ever check out any of my previous videos and I go First John 1 19, that's a mistake. Don't be like, she don't even know what she talking about. She can't even quote the scripture right. It's First John 1 9. It's 1 John 1 9. 1 John 1 9 is here. It's in there. Thank you. Okay, moving on. But let's see, right? Okay, so which describes a saved person's life as imperfect? Like I said, First John 1, 9 to verse 10, but not marked by pervasive, deliberate sins. And we can see the works of the flesh played out in Galatians 5, verses 19 through 24. And we can see in 1 John 3, verses 6 through 9, that says no one who abides in him, who remains united in fellowship with him. Now this is the amplified version. Deliberately, knowingly, and habitually practice sin. No one who habitually sins has seen him or known him. Verse 7, little children, believers, dear ones, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who practices righteousness the one who strives to live a consistently honorable life in private as well as in public and to conform to God's precepts is righteous just as he is righteous verse 8 the one who practices sin separating himself from God and offending him by acts of disobedience indifference or rebellion is of the devil and that takes his inner character and moral values from him and not god for the devil has sinned and violated god's law from the beginning the son of god hallelujah appeared for this purpose to destroy the works of the devil verse 9 no one who is born of god deliberately knowingly and habitually practices sin. Why? Because God's seed, his principle of life, the essence of his righteous character remains permanently in him who is born again, who is reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose. And he who is born again cannot habitually live a carry um live a life characterized by sin why because he is born of god and longs to please him amen okay so we are called to make no provisions for this flesh absolutely not by the things we see the things we touch the things we hear and how it make us feel All these things appeal to our flesh man that says, yeah, let's get this party really started. Oh, absolutely not flesh. We will not get this party started. So. Let's look at the desires of the flesh, because, like I said in the beginning, that we need to know exactly what those works of the flesh are that would keep us out of the kingdom of God. Right. So we we are going to look at four, one, two, three, yeah, four scriptures that lay out what the works of the flesh are, because we know that this is is what's going to keep us out of the kingdom of God. So the first scripture is Ephesians 5, verses 1 through 18. Now, I'm going to read the Amplified Version because it fleshes out exactly what God is saying to us. So, therefore, become imitators of God, copy Him and follow His example, as well-beloved children imitate their Father, verse 2, and walk continually in love, that is, value one another Practice empathy and compassion, unselfishly seeking the best for others. Just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and sacrifice to God, slain for you, so that it became a sweet fragrance. Amen. Verse 3. But, Sexual immorality and all moral impurity, indecent, offensive behavior or greed must not even be hinted at among you as is proper among saints. For as believers, our way of life, whether in public or in private, reflects the validity of our faith. Verse 4, let there be no filthiness and silly talk or coarse, obscene, or vulgar joking, because such things are not appropriate for believers, but instead speak of your thankfulness to God. Verse 5, for be sure of this, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, for that one is in effect an idolater. They ain't getting in, y'all has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. For such a person places a higher value on something other than God. Verse 6, Let no one deceive you with empty arguments that encourage you to sin. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience, those who habitually sin. Verse 7, So, Do not participate or even associate with them in the rebelliousness of sin. Verse 8. For you, for once you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Live as those who are native born to the light. Amen. Verse 9. For the fruit, the effect, the result of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Verse 10, trying to learn by experience what is pleasing to the Lord and letting your lifestyles be examples of what is most acceptable to him. Amen. Amen your behavior expressing gratitude to god for your salvation do not participate in the worthless and unproductive deeds of darkness but instead expose them by exemplifying personal integrity moral courage and godly character verse 12 for it is disgraceful even to mention the things that such people practice in secret Verse 13, but all things become visible when they are ex- exposed by the light of God's precepts. For it is light that makes everything visible. For this reason, he says, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine as dawn upon you and give you light. Verse 15, therefore, see that you walk carefully, living life with honor, purpose, and courage. Shunning those who tolerate and and enable evil, not as the unwise, but as wise, sensible, intelligent, discerning people. Verse 16. Making the very most of your time on earth, recognizing and taking advantage of each opportunity and using it with wisdom and diligence. Why? Because the days are filled with evil. Verse 17. Therefore, do not be foolish and thoughtless, but understand and firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is. Verse 18, do not get drunk with wine, for that is wickedness, corruption, stupidity, but be filled with the Holy Spirit and constantly guided by him. Amen. Okay. The second scripture is this. First Corinthians 6, 9 through 12. Now this is is the new American standard, because see, I like to flesh out the scriptures, I like to use various different um, Bibles, so that I can get a fuller understanding, amen, okay, first nine, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God, do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, which is by definition that is men who act like women you know the opposite of being manly right nor the homosexuals that includes lesbians verse 10 nor thieves nor the covetous nor drunkards nor revilers you know those who are verbal abusers that go around slandering people's names murdering their character right nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of god verse 11 Such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. Verse 12. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. Absolutely not. All things are lawful for me, but I would not be mastered by anything. Amen. Okay. Number three. Revelation 21, 8. Now, this is the amplified version. Uh, but as for the cowards and unbelieving and the abominable uh, abominable who are devoid of character and personal integrity and practice or tolerate in, immorality and murderers and sorcerers with intoxicating drugs. Yes, yeah, smoking that weed will send you to hell, right? And idolaters and all occultists, who practice and teach false religions, okay, and all the liars who knowingly deceive and twist truth, their part will be in the lake that blazes with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Amen. Okay, now, in closing, we have Galatians 5, verses 16 through 21. Now, this one is the World English Bible, okay? Here we go. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh, verse 17, for the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, that you may not do the things that you desire, verse 18, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law, verse 19, now the deeds of the flesh are obvious, which are adultery, here we go, sexual immorality, that's that fornication, right, that also means masturbation, you know what I mean, uncleanliness, lustfulness, idolatry, sorcery, like I said, smoking that weed, seeing you right the hell, hatred, strife, jealousies, outbursts of anger, uh, rivalries, divisions, heresies, Verse 21, envy, murders, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these of which I forewarn you, even as I forewarned you that those who practice such things will not inherit God's kingdom. Amen. So, in super closing, I like to say this. Do not be deceived. Do not let these false teachings tell us and trick us and deceive us to think that At the end of the day, because of God's great love for humanity, that nobody's going to go to hell. He's going to send everybody to heaven. Why? Because he is love, 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 love. And he is. He is absolutely love. God is love, but he is also the God of wrath. And those who promote that that heresy that false teaching they are going to have to get around Ephesians 5 1 through 18 They are going to have to get around 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 12. They are going to have to get around Revelation 21, 8. And they are going to have to get around Galatians 5, 16 through 21. The wicked and the unrighteous will not be inheriting the kingdom of God. They will not go to heaven. They will spend all of eternity being tormented in hell. As they await their final judgment at that great white throne, which is the second death, which they will have their place in the lake of fire. Do not be deceived, my friends. If we, now, this is talking to the body of Christ here. This is this is not even talking to, you know, the sinners of the world because we already know what their faith is, right? No, God and Jesus is talking to the body of Christ that if we continue to habitually live a lifestyle according to the flesh, if we sow to this flesh, well, we are going to reap what comes from sowing to the flesh and which is, to be condemned to the lake of fire, to be eternally separated from Jesus and our Father in heaven. Do you want that? Absolutely not. I'm answering for you. Absolutely not. So we see what the works of the flesh are, right? And it would do us well to avoid each and every one of um, each and every one of these, no matter what this flesh is screaming. Because we can always let this flesh know. I can't hear you. You dead. Remember? Amen. So, until next time, like I always end all my teachings, repent of your sins. Stop sinning. Turn back to God. Turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let his spirit fill you so that we now going forth, walk by the spirit and not by the flesh. Until next time, Lord willing, I speak to you all soon. Bye for now.